0: Hey listeners, as a special treat, today's episode is the first group test recording of Frameform from July 5th. Please keep in mind that this was recorded without prior knowledge of how the season would be released. There may be some inaccuracies with certain things being said in the episode. Without further ado, enjoy the episode.
1: From Rixie, this is Frameform. A show about movies, moving, and everything in between. I'm Hannah Weber.
2: I'm Jen Ray, and I'm Claire Schweitzer. What's up? How are you doing? What's new? Um, well, it's been a a good run so far of um, of episodes. It's been amazing hearing your feedback, and you know, um, yeah, just um, rolling with the. With the COVID and with everything going on.
1: <laughs> it's been a really interesting year so far. I mean, like, I don't know. I, who who would have known that this was going to happen? You know, like that we were just going to be like shut in and just stay inside and, uh, you know, who knew that we were going to do a show?
2: Exactly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
1: Well today uh, we have a great show for you. We're gonna be talking about what we're gushing over right now. Uh, It's been a year of great films and we're just gonna talk about what we loved watching this year. There was a lot. I mean it's interesting we've been like watching a lot of movies just like on our at home screens like we haven't been doing anything like going to the movies or even gathering at a place where there's like a screen or projector involved it's been really interesting like being at home and just kind of like finding our own content as well as like film festivals that we're usually used to going to and watching and meeting people where this year we're like in front of a computer screen or I watched this, sh- um, watched a film festival on my couch. How have you guys been experiencing watching stuff?
2: Kind of the same deal. I mean, it's mostly been through my, um, computer screen, but there's something so nice about the ability to, uh, connect with other people. Um, I mean, Jen and I are actually on a call pretty recently and, uh, there are a bunch of people who I haven't seen in, I mean, years. And, yeah you know, instead of you know waiting you know another three years to make it out to a festival where I can you know catch up, maybe you know argue and debate films over lunch, like here we are doing it via zoom, and in a really odd way, it feels like I'm kind of more connected to the general like dance film world right now um yeah it's it's been a really, really interesting time
0: yeah I think that that's a good way to put it is more connected because we already were really connected with social media and with the internet, and that was already like a reality. but I think when it shifted to necessity or as like an only option, just the experience of things changed and like i mean i I'm sure this has probably come up many times this season already, but I work a lot in education, whether it's in school or in studios, and we always thought that the shift to most things being online or virtual would be gradual or voluntary or or at least um not like it was which was basically overnight we were all in our homes and i think that it's um it's a really exciting growth spurt even though it's been very challenging i think we are seeing a lot of um resourcefulness and a lot of creativity uh coming out of this time and also people reevaluating like i think there's a lot of dance filmmakers that have been making work for, for the screen for many years now because they've seen what what you can achieve through that just choreographically or just practically speaking, like being able to have multiple performances a night in different locations. Like you can actually be in in the same place uh in sorry, in different places at the same time. Um so I wonder what things are gonna look like on the other side of this. I feel like we're very much in it still. And um yeah, I'm just along for the ride right now and just grateful, um, you know, grateful things aren't even more challenging than they, than they currently are, I think is how I would put it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's really cool that, uh, I mean, like we just, just said, you can be in actually in many places at once. I think for me, my job, I work a lot and it's really hard for me to schedule all these film festivals, you know, across the world. I mean, I don't like, averagely go across the world i'm not like going to france uh, like regularly to go see a film festival or germany or scotland or even just going to california um but i mean it's been a luxury and convenience to just have this in front of us um at the palm of our hands at at our fingertips wherever what kind of technology resource we're using and yeah i mean it's really cool that Even, like you said, Claire, like, chatting with people that you haven't seen over Zoom. Some of those people don't even, also like me, don't always go to those film festivals. So you're seeing those people, meeting them, and it's pretty fun. I mean, it's cool. Um, Why don't we go forward and talk about um, what we're gushing over? Because, like I said, there's, like, a lot of stuff out there right now, and... uh, I mean, it definitely has to be recognized. So,
2: who wants to start? So, is this, like, gushing over, like, in the total, total like, milieu of everything?
1: Uh, Just, like, gushing over. I guess we can just, like, start with, like, whoever, like, what their picks were. Oh, okay. So, our audience, we actually gathered um a good amount of films that we're going to talk about that definitely kind of, like, sum up what we've been into lately and why it's uh it why it should be recognized basically so yeah who wants to start who wants to go first
0: (laughs) why don't we start with a pick that you both had (laughs) let's start with the pick that you that because we the goal was or the objective is we're like we're gonna pick three films each and they could be music videos they could be um you know trailers for documentaries or different projects and I this is why I send you. Is it GIF or jif. Can we just quickly resolve this? Is it called a GIF or a GIF? I say a GIF because it's a G. Okay. It's not I say GIF, butter. But oh. Okay, so <laughs> see, this is why I asked. Like, this is why I asked. I can't get answers. And I feel like they're both right. Um, so uh, I that's why I sent you both the GIF, jif, of um from Clueless, like, because. I, honestly, the pics that we all came up with, I just laughed. I was like, this is so Hannah. This is so Claire. These pics are so Jen. Like, it's, it was just funny. Yeah. So, but I did think it was cool. I had not seen Dropout Bodies yet. But when I saw that you both picked it, I was like, oh, this is real. Like, of all the films, all the music videos that you could have picked, you both were like, that one for this year. <laughs> so, <clears throat> why don't you both share about what why you picked that film?
1: Well, Claire, I think you should start because actually I found this pick from you earlier this year and that's why I picked it before uh, even finding out that you picked it for this segment. So why don't you start it off?
2: Right. um, So Dropout Bodies, actually, um, it's a film that came out, I think it was first, uh, yeah, it was, Completed about three years ago. But to me, it's a film that really speaks to our COVID experience right now as it's playing out. Um, So basically, uh, the general, um, the basic description of the film is that it's a 17 minute uh, single take um, where a camera slowly pans around a circle of people who are standing in a field. And then one by one, these people start dropping. Um, they uh, start, you know, and basically once they they drop, that they don't recover. Like they, once they drop, they're down. And um, we come to find out that there is really no rhyme or reason as to why they're dropping. We do know that once they drop, they're down for good. If they actually run to another person or another group, then they the group drops with them. So it's it's kind of like a game of Deadly Ring Around the rosy in a way. Um, <laughs> but it's, um, but yeah, it's so the thing that draws me to it. Well, first of all, it's one of those films that really makes me miss cinematic screenings because I've seen this in, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I've seen this in a theatrical setting twice and it's, oh. I've been riveted each time. It's, um,
1: how is that different from? the cinematic like what what how did it play yeah how did it play because i cannot imagine that
2: well i mean it played in the context of the way the way that we usually see screen dance as seen in a screen dance shorts program and i mean granted if you have like a screen dance festival and people are you know they're they're paying money and they're often traveling to these specific events you have a very um you have an audience that is anticipating films that are paced like this as well as, you know, films that maybe don't offer any kind of immediacy. And I think this is kind of like a good example of like an ant, a film that may not play well, like in an internet setting because it takes four and a half minutes for someone to actually move. And, (laughs) but when you're sort of a a captive audience, um, like you have to kind of, you, I mean, you have no choice but to stay in your seat and kind of be, you know, and the film gradually brings you into this receptive headspace and establishes the very simple. Yeah. And really, it establishes a few simple rules that this is a very slow moving camera. And it's a very and even like from the beginning, you can sense like there's like a sinister nature between like the camera and the performers as well. And, like, the camera really chooses different kinds of framing with each um, each performer. And, like, uh, in some cases, it varies the pacing. And there are some moments when the performers are looking away from the camera deliberately. Mm-hmm. And, like, it poses, like, it, it takes a long time to pose, like, some very, um, yeah, establish some really... Um, Really simple parameters before the first person falls, and then when you've become accustomed to four and a half minutes of of stillness and very gradual movement, the first movement completely shocks you and it completely like or it takes you or it like it it decenters you you
1: don't see it coming really? i mean i mean four minutes was really long i mean I have to admit I did Stop, I was at work when I watched this, and I did have to stop it a few times. but when I sat down and actually watched it all the way through, like I mean, I tried not to put my hand on the mouse and like see how far we are, but it was really interesting reevaluating it the other day, rewatching it, and then realizing, wow, that was four minutes that went by, and movement actually happened and that was a full rotation too
2: I think over a full rotation of people yeah I mean I feel bad for that cam operator like that person must have had very <laughs> sore shoulders at the end of the day
0: that's such a film nerd comment sorry that's such a film nerd comment like that poor cam operator
2: <laughs> yeah Oh, I mean that oh, comes right. from lots of experience of having to suffer through entire, you know, recording entire shows like either in a really awkward position or like sitting on a railing or something like that. <laughs> so just like, oh, oh shoot. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but something else that strikes me about the film is, um, but just how simple the um, the setup is as well. Um, just like there's very little like production design it's it looks like, it looks like they literally like gathered a whole bunch of people out to like the middle of the town and just like hey let's make a movie but still like there's <laughs> still like the ordinary nature of it also gives it like an even more resonant quality because like this this can happen to anybody
1: <laughs> yeah i do like that there's like different bodies different people um different ages of bodies in that so it definitely yeah it gives that quality of like it could happen to anybody we just gathered all these people I mean it's kind of like almost like I don't want to say like anybody can make this film but it definitely gives an idea of like inspiration that's like oh okay like this is how you can play with time this is how you can play with suspense this is how you can play with a simple environment you know and it's just kind of like one of those like simple yet brilliant kind of uh, themes and ideas of playing with what you have and especially in a time like this like gotta work with what you got bet it was a really cheap budget
0: definitely I really enjoy films that are not um, that that are lower budget that are really about the concept and the idea because I mean so often you see very high budget projects and it's like well did you have to spend this much on making your movie? Like sometimes it's great and it's a masterpiece and it's, it's totally um, quote unquote worth it. But I'm, I'm also someone who's very interested in like, okay, how, how great of an idea or um, how much can you convey with with less uh, expenditure to an extent? Because I think it inspires more filmmakers too. I think it, it makes more people realize that they, they can actually do a lot with what they have. Uh, versus needing that funding or needing that grant, um, or you know, they they might be able to do more projects because they're budgeting a little more smartly. So I I do appreciate that sort of quotidian um, look, and I feel like it adds to the experience and like the suspense. Um, it almost felt like kind of give these like I don't know maybe Wicker Man vibes or something. It was just like I felt like I mm. may I feel like I pulled over in like the wrong town. You know, like on a road trip and I just had like yeah. weird vibes the whole time. Um, but it's but it's great for that. I think that dance and film really beautifully portray a mood. And this film definitely has like a mood and also a unpredictable um cause and effect or story to an extent.
1: Yeah, I I thought it was fantastic. And on the on the same subject of like Uh, I guess we could say pandemic or like low budget films. Um, I kind of want to just go into one of my picks, which was a music video. Uh, This was a film that came out or I I don't know, would you call a music video a film? That's a debatable topic. Uh, I think uh, this
0: one's a music video.
1: Yeah, this one's quintessential music video that came out um, this April at the really very kind of beginning of, of the pandemic. Um, which is the music video um, by Haim um, called I Know Alone, which is kind of, which is, it's an interesting song. You know, I Know Alone. It was written before the pandemic and everyone's sitting. I feel, felt really bad or feel really bad for the people that had to actually be at home alone and kind of deal with this. But um, it was very... I picked this one because it was shot like it was all directed and shot like from social distancing and directed actually I think through FaceTime. But it was also like a very simple concept but executed very well. Um for those who don't know, I'm the band, um, they're three sisters. So they're very you could say we could say they're very in sync with each other and this video was very in sync with (laughs) one another as they literally are directing I mean not directing dancing the same dance but very like simple and knowing their style like it was just very uh it captured their style it captured their attitude it captured the song and also the time and place of where things are at the moment especially in April
0: I definitely got that like bored teenager vibe from them and like it kind of adds I didn't actually know they were sisters it kind of adds to it um I I really I find that especially with music videos it's nice to have a clear look clear rules it's easy to process it's short format um I really liked how the choreography was super simple it repeated it's satisfying like people that don't understand dance can watch it and you can you can still get a lot out of it. It's not like, what does it mean? Like it matches the music so well and is so clear. And I just love the iconic gesture that they they were using of like the swipe choreography. That's like definitely my favorite moment. But then they kept using it so much and I was like, okay, let's expand. Like what else can we do with with this concept? But in general, I really did like it and it's it's definitely um it's definitely a mood and it's definitely of the times. And I also, uh, I, I just enjoy it even more because it's one of your picks and it seems like such a Hannah video.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I actually have to say the repetition actually worked for me because to me it kind of, um, it kind of summed up the monotony of living In COVID times, just kind of like, okay, you're doing the same thing every day. It's kind of lost its appeal. And it's Groundhog Day. Basically. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I really like the choreography. And I actually think um, Francis and the Lights did the choreography. And he's fantastic. Actually, pretty fantastic choreographer and pretty new at the whole choreography game as well. Like, he's uh, actually a musician himself. Um, He's worked with Kanye a lot, of all people. Um, and he, um, I don't know if he actually comes from a formal dance background, but he, uh, has choreographed for several different artists who, okay, he's choreographed for Chance the Rapper, who, yeah, you could pin him as a dancer. Yeah. He's also choreographed for Bony yeah. Vare, who you absolutely would not pin as a dancer. Oh, yeah. And I forgot about that. Yeah. And actually, like, makes Bony Ver look like a good dancer. And I think it's, like... It speaks to the talent of someone um, who really understands who they're um, working with before they give choreography. And really, um, it really generates the movement from their experience and from their, you know, from their pool of knowledge. It's like they're not trying to transmit any kind of like, you know, kickball change pirouette or something like that. But they're really, Mm -hmm. you know, having, you know, developing something from, you know, they really understand who they're working with and really try to craft movement around their strengths.
0: Definitely. I love that. It's so true because if you talk about what a great choreographer is or everyone's going to have different standards, but some people might say someone that like gets across a message or someone that shows musicality, like when it comes to a music video, a great choreographer needs to make the artist look cool or look strong or look attractive or look... Like, whatever the message of that particular video is, um, that is their task. And um, I'm going to look up this Bonnie Bear video you guys are really excited about because <laughs> I, you know, I'm Canadian. So obligatory pride mention, like, have to check it out. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. The choreographer should, they should be flexible to who they're actually working with because that's the goal is to make the artist look However, they got to look for that video.
1: Yeah, and it's like that choreography is repetitious and it might be, and it is for the choreographer, but it's also very pedestrian. So it's kind of like how, like any person could do this, you know, it's kind of like how it's, this music, music video creates like a sense of connection through others, through not just music, but through movement and like how everyone is feeling again with the repetition of like, we're all going through this at the same time. We're all feeling alone. I know alone, you know, alone. Um I don't, I, I love that. Like, I love like the human experience, the human connection. And I think through this music video, it definitely captures a moment in time and forward. But um, to go forward with that, I also want to touch on um, Claire's other pick that's also kind of like a one-take, um, which is Mass.
2: Right. I seem to pick the French single-take films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's
1: like,
2: what's your, what's your type? Yeah. It's interesting
1: because, like, I was like, oh, there's, like, a theme. Like, I also love, like, you and I both picked one-takes, which is interesting. And, I mean, for me, like, even though I am a video editor and I freaking love editing and I love smash cuts and I love montages, but I also really love, like, no edits. And just, like, how can the camera move through a space or how can a camera not move through a space and just have, like, the dancers interact
2: with the space? So, what drew you to mass? Yeah, well, I precisely that. I was really... I really just admired how hyper choreographed, well, I don't want to say hyper choreographed, but like how rigorously like the the movement and the camera were choreographed together and how, how meticulously they were choreographed together. I, I can't even imagine what it was like to block that thing out. Like just, <laughs> I think it really plays with, um, again, audience perception of where are these people, like where exactly are these people in space and how the camera kind of tricks you and, and yeah, I also like the variation on, um, you know, getting really, really close and intimate and like kind of showing this whole broad mass of people. And it was a film that, um, a film shot in a warehouse that made me forget it was shot in a warehouse. Interesting. <laughs> so true. Yeah, you see these warehouse films all the time. Like if you're you know, a curator, as you know, both of you have been for a very long time, like, you know, you'll reliably get at least, least five films shot in a warehouse where usually that's sort of like okay here's you know the cool space and here's some things we're we're doing in it but but really like again like I was so drawn into the choreography like the choreography of the camera and the movers and again like these were if if the credits are to be believed amateur dancers like many of them don't have professional training so. And and again, like it really takes a special choreographer to understand who you have in front of you and maximize those strengths.
0: Yeah, I definitely can, I love and I can really appreciate films where I do believe editing is choreography. I do love a really cutty textured film. I, yes, I'm all about that, but I agree. Uh, A long take or a single take, that is choreography right there and that is um that's almost like uh, an education when you're watching it it's just so it the hardest part of watching films like that for me though is like disengaging and trying to turn like I'm trying to think oh how did they like where are the people now and not from like a viewer standpoint but very much from a production standpoint where I'm like trying to figure out how it works um so I'm trying to get better at that and just like watching things but um you know, it does take a certain kind of film to to elicit that sort of reaction because it is doing so much cool stuff. Um, I, I agree with what you're saying about warehouses. Um, I do like when they're used in a meaningful way or um, just, I feel like, yeah, this was a film that made sense to be in a warehouse and they used the space very creatively and I had uh, zero issues with it. I don't feel like it was just like, uh, a flippant choice, you know? Um, yeah. And I just, I, I really felt it was like a ride. Um, I enjoy films that have you along for the ride. So even though it was maybe slower movie moving or longer, I wasn't like bored at any point. I was very invested. So that's good. Cause I do have a short attention span.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel the same way too, uh, about it, it, it kept me going like it, it There was just so many layers to it. And Jen, I also have that mentality of like, where are those dancers going? And that's when I was like, <laughs> when I was watching it, I swear, like halfway there, I was like, was that an edit where there's like a match cut and a match ac- matching action? Yes. Uh, Claire, is that right?
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hesitate calling it a single take film. I, I, I call it a single shot film. But so I'm worried or not worried, but always wondering, like, is that a hidden cut right there? (laughs) Yeah, because, like, the lighting
1: is different there, and it's, like, it looks like it's one space, but, like, that lighting is, like, all of a sudden goes from, like, blue to yellow, really, like, just all of a sudden. So it's interesting just, like, watching it and just being, like, "Mm, okay. I'm going to watch it again. (laughs) And then another thing was I kept wondering, and I, like, didn't see, like any footnotes in the YouTube link. Um, By the way, all these films that we're talking about are in the show notes. But, um, yeah, with this film, it looked like it was a performance first and then it was shot in this location. Uh, Do you know... uh, Are you aware of that, Claire? I don't know. I didn't see any disclaimer in the credits.
2: I actually don't know. Um, I mean, I, I... Don't know a whole lot about Foulet or his work, or I mean, I know that he runs um, his own company, but he's also done a lot of single take films. He actually um, recently completed one called *The Last Children*, which does follow kind of the same trajectory of a single take. Um, okay, with uh, with a large cast, so it's, I mean, very much composed for the camera and like very much in relation to the camera. But yeah, there are some moments that do feel like. They were transposed. Like, you can probably tell, like, it was definitely composed in a studio environment and then transposed.
1: Yeah. Cause I kept like thinking that, like, watching it. Like, I mean, when you think of like how big the space is, you know, like, do the dancers disappear in the black or do they go off to the wings or do they like go into the audience, which would be also a very interesting studio or auditorium or performance experience because you are just like constantly feeling energy around you or feeling energy in the whole entire space and even though we saw that cinematically but you can almost feel it in there's like a tactile experience while watching it on camera absolutely also another tactile experience that i was feeling i don't know if you were but uh jen's pick home Gave me all the feels.
0: Yes, I was thinking it would transition well. I was thinking, like, I want to talk about home next. Yeah. Just because, like, I think yeah. it transitions well. Um, So, home. Um, You know, sometimes a film comes into your life. Uh, anyways, feeling very romantic about this <laughs> one. The link I sent you guys uh, was, like, the, the film plus a performance. But I first learned of this film, I don't even know, like maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, when I saw it on like Kickstarter or GoFundMe. They had a trailer. They had this whole goal of like, we want to make this longer format dance film and these people are going to be in it and we're going to film in California. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. Like it just looked great. And I really enjoy when you see like top quality dancers and top quality film production come together. Um, a word we've used a lot is cinematic. And I am a big fan of of dance that looks very cinematic or um, just, like, having a good professional aesthetic to it. And this definitely has that, um, not just visually, but just, you know, the sound design is really intricate. Um, it's, it's very much like a video poem. Um, I love it. Like, I just think it's an instant classic. And while usually I can imagine, like, that... Not every film is for everybody. I do think this is a film that will strike everybody um, and really has a such a clear mood and a feel and the texture. And oh, my gosh, like part of why I think this transitions well from mass is not everyone could do this choreography. Oh, my goodness. Like, it's just I'm a big fan of Mari Madrid, who dances in this. And I actually so the. The collaborators on this project were Christopher Martin and Larkin Pointon, and I've never met them in person, but um, just based on my online research and uh, and findings, they they're so this film is called Home, but their company is called Project Home Dance. So they have like a website and a YouTube, and it's just like such a cool like hipster millennial dance brand. Everything. Um, I suggest everyone checks them out. Like it's just it's very much of the times as well, I think. And I just, I, I hope that everyone that loves and enjoys dance film or screen dance checks out this film because it's, I think it's kind of iconic and, and very memorable. So yeah, that's my gush. Agreed. Ugh. And also the cave, the cave is a great setting. Okay. I'm done.
2: Yeah. It's um. also, I, I want to just toss in another recommendation for a, Chris and uh, Larkin film Coda is just a bundle of joy. And um, that <laughs> sounds
1: familiar. I can't remember if it, it, it sounds really familiar. When did that
2: come out? I think it was uh, posted last year, but it's, it basically uses um, like the proclaimers like, and I would walk 500 miles. And I don't know how much we can <laughs> sing without, you know, okay. asking for, you know
1: maybe I'm thinking of something else.
2: But yeah, I think home is a, fantastic film and again another one of those um films that begs to be seen on the big screen um again like the experience of seeing this on a huge screen is so much different than seeing it on your like tiny little computer screen yes and yeah i really love like the the movement vocabulary is really interesting as well um it's my understanding that both chris and larkin come from breaking backgrounds but seeing like in this environment, like there's such an intricacy to the quality and also the performances, like there's such a I, I'm totally stealing this from another person who had this observation, but a sense of embodied unison that, you know, you're not seeing anyone looking out the corner of their eye, seeing if um someone has their hand in the right place, like everybody is in their body and they're so totally connected to everyone else around them. Yeah.
0: And everyone looks amazing.
2: Right. <laughs> I mean, not just them, but also
1: the camera like I was just sitting there gushing over the cinematography, like what kind of camera were they using? I know they were <laughs> in Iceland, but like there was just something about like the textures of like when it first opens, you see like the big field and you 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 can literally like feel the grass or the long hay or whatever um against your face or against your hands, and even that sound um playing with it, which, honestly, I did not mind watching it on my laptop because my headphones just, like, really, you know, gave me that experience. But, yeah, the camera just, like, really toned in on, like, the environment. Just, like, the temperature of, like, the colors, you know. You see a lot of dark, but it's not, like, canceled out. Like, when people, like, not color their film right and there's like you the black looks like just completely blacked out there's still like this feeling of soft ripples in it and um, especially when they were in the water just that moment just like the waves crashing against them it was just so beautiful I think my
0: like three theme words for this film if I had to pick would be texture um, yes detail and uh, I can't even pick um maybe like poetry or maybe like senses, like it's a very sensory film. Like you're saying like I just this this is a film you almost like can drink in and feel and it it I, it does come from the detail the level of detail in the cinematography and the dancing, and yeah, the fact that people that whether you come from a dance background or film background. Um, or neither of those backgrounds you can find specific things that are really strong and, and obvious and impactful
1: yeah and with that whole like vocabulary of words that you just gave us I have to say like with that movement and being in the body like you can feel like what that story is about like not even just like I felt it right away And you don't, like, maybe as someone who's not that familiar with dance film, um, I I feel like you get it right away what this story is about. Like, you find out what it really is about, like, later on. And this is, like, what, a almost 16, 12-minute film, 12, 16-minute film. And it takes a while for it to unfold. But honestly, like, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, totally. The way, like... One dancer is actually, you know, well, 10 dancers, or I i don't know how many, I can't remember how many dancers they were, but, you know, 10 dancers was actually one dancer at once. It,
2: even And you see that in the edit as well, and just through their bodies. Yeah. And I want to make a comment about the music as well, because it's my understanding, and I could be totally wrong, that the music was composed specifically for the film, like the songs were composed specifically for it. And you can tell like there's like such like a really interesting, really interesting quality to the sound design um, as opposed to a music video. And there's like um, and I don't want to say opposed to music video, but there's always this um, debate whether music videos get included in screen dance, because a lot of times you'll see and you'll see this again a lot of times if you're curating work that. You know, someone might just slap on a song to kind of yeah that in that you know that's essentially you know they're trying to slap on some kind of meaning to the film. But here, like all the elements are just so integrated, and just every you know the transitions to each song make you know complete sense in that moment. And um, yeah, it's a I mean spectacular film.
1: We're fans, big fans, yeah, all of it. It's just beautiful i advise everyone listening to watch it another uh well going into narrative um we should talk about claire's other pick uh well contested sites right right that's an interesting
2: one yeah it's an interesting one um yeah it's well it's an interesting one for me and uh personally resonant one for me because this was the film that answered the question, why screen dance? Yeah. Like, what can screen dance do that other forms of media can't do? So um, as a background on the film itself, um, the film was created um, by the collaborative team of Amy Dowling and Austin Forbord, And it really is a comment on um, over-incarceration and sort of like the physical you know, the, the physical constraints of a system that's, you know, in theory designed to rehabilitate. Um, and it was actually developed in close collaboration with, uh, Reggie Daniels, who's, um, the main, sort sort of the featured performer in it. Um, he actually spent 15 years, um, incarcerated through the, um, through the prison system. And he has since, um, I, I don't know what he has his doctorate in but he res- just got his um doctorate and actually um teaches along with Amy Dowling at um University of San Francisco. But this uh film when I first saw it actually I first saw it at San Francisco Dance Film Festival 2013 which was a quite a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> um but I um was seeing a mock pitch session that Amy Dowling was doing um at the time like there was like a, a sort of like a festival component that was a mock pitch session for filmmakers who had films and were kind of, you know, pretending like they were going to pitch it to a major studio or a major broadcaster. And in her pitch, Amy said, like, it's one thing to have like a talking head tell you, like give you the stats on mass incarceration uh, and specifically mass incarceration of African-Americans. It's another thing entirely to actually kinesthetically see a body confined in space and sort of forced through these routines yeah so um yeah and and also uh if you uh are into this film definitely check out separate sentences as well also by Austin Forboard and amy dowling
1: claire was this shot at alcatraz i did not i didn't catch it in the it was shot at alcatraz so fascinating i mean i actually recently watched this like I don't semi silly documentary about Alcatraz on Discovery Channel, but uh, it it definitely like learning about it, learning about Alcatraz, and then watching this was um, it definitely gave me more of that connection of understanding that specific environment and what um, you know prisoners were going through. Um, I just loved how it opened with the wallet or well you see the the people and then you see the wallets and i just and that was like what you just said like how do we bring you know screen dance or dance film together and watching that and that definitely made me think that right away and i thought it was just so fascinating to watch you know a film about incarceration in this kind of way just Watching the repetition um, and minimal hand movements, arm movements, and also just like these duets in these confined spaces. You know, you definitely feel restriction and pain. And just, again, going to texture, that feeling of just like how rough an environment like that is.
0: I really enjoy the site-specific choreography in this I think that that is such a huge part of making dance uh, for a video format and taking dance outside of the theater or a black box or a studio um, and that it's done really well here it's it's in it's interesting throughout it, it's another one of those films that's a little bit longer a little more slower yeah. paced but it it pays off and it's interesting throughout and I think that um, you know the Heavy subject matter aside, it is a satisfying watch from those technical, uh, choreographic standpoints. And I I totally agree with what you're saying, where when you can watch um, someone dancing out the emotion or the message, or you can visit, you can see something, even if you're not there in person, if you can see it as you can with video, um, it, it can strike you emotionally in a different way than hearing stats might, um, for sure. So I I think it is important that we have films like this that are made. And I also think this film does it well in a genuine way. Um, it's, it's kind of that, that struggle sometimes where maybe, maybe someone hasn't lived through, um, or doesn't have experience with, or isn't connected with, um, a particular issue or a particular community or, or something that they can really, um, honestly and authentically portray and when it is done well it's so effective and I I we did screen separate sentences at um I believe it was at Capitol Dance Cinema Festival I don't think we screened it at Cascadia just because the timing and the year but we screened it at Capitol and I I do think it was a a different kind of film for audiences it was shot you know in it's black and white and it's a it's an all-male cast and um
1: fantastic film
0: yeah, and I don't want to use the word raw, but I've been trying to think of any other word for it and I don't I don't know what else to say. So it just does have a very raw feel and a raw look that I think is is very effective as you're watching it as well.
2: Yeah, and it must be said, a lot of the cast members, I don't think the whole cast, but many of the cast members are former inmates as well who actually have embodied experience That's awesome. In, in the system. So, yeah, I noticed that.
1: I was like these are definitely not dancers. Yeah, These are people. And um, I I couldn't, like, I, I kept thinking that, like, maybe they're dancers, maybe. But th- something about <laughs> the way they were present in the space as well as just, like, present in the movement um, definitely did not make me think of actual dancers because, you know, they just, like, carry themselves differently. But... I have to say, like, I'm not, I'm not, like, p- pulling, like, any, like, not making any funny of this, but it made me think of just Shawshank Redemption. I mean, it's a beautiful movie. And just, like, when we get to that part where um, they're washing their hands, you know, it's just kind of, like, cleaning the slate, cleaning, you know, these are now clean hands. Like, I've done, I've done this. Or, like, they could have, they were clean all along, but it's just kind of, like, leaving the grime and the roughness and the environment and going into clean hands, wearing clean clothes, wearing, you know, being a person, you know, it just kind of made me think of Shawshank Redemption, which is, I think, a beautiful film.
0: That's what I, like, didn't see until I was in my 20s and people judged me for it. Like, you know, those movies that we all have? I was one of mine like that.
1: I had it on my freaking like top like movie list, my must watch movie list like for four years. And it wasn't until I graduated grad school with a film degree (laughs) and I was at my parents' house and the local movie theater had like a summer series where they screen classic movies, which is freaking amazing, by the way. Yeah. So I got to see it on the big screen and it was just so satisfying. I was just like and then after that movie, I was just like. I opened up
2: my freaking phone and just crossed it off. <laughs> oh, you want know to know embarrassing, like, movies that have been on the list forever things? I saw Citizen Kane yesterday.
0: Claire. <laughs> because we're recording I mean, today, and you're like, I should probably <laughs> see Citizen Kane. We're going to record an episode just, to, just in case. <laughs> I just thought
2: it was on HBO Max. I was like, I should watch it.
1: I watched that movie three times in grad school because it was, like, part of one of, like, the... Like it was, like, one of the movies that, like, what that I helped TA. Of course it was. you know Like, one of the teaching assistant classes. And it's, like, we got to watch Citizen Kane. And I'm, like, I have no problem with it, whatever.
2: So, so Claire, did you like it? Yeah,
1: did you like it?
2: <gasps> I mean, I did. I mean, I have been watching a lot of, like, TCM lately. And, I, I mean, you definitely have to consider when it was made. Yes. And considering there was a lot of really, really, quite frankly, dumb movies made around that time, like having (laughs) something that had, you know, very strong visual motifs, like really, you know, thoughtful use of the camera. Hey, it was revolutionary, man. Yeah. And Orson Welles was 26 when he made it too, so. Oh, so fantastic. What did you do by the time you were
0: 26, everybody? I was in debt. What did you do with your lives?
1: (laughs) Orson Welles... I graduated a game. grad school <laughs> and paying off my student loan debt. Yeah. This is why millennials can't
0: make anything epic like that, because we're really busy with our student loan debt and avocado toast. Yeah, Just kidding. <laughs> we're making great stuff, like Project Home.
1: Yes. <laughs> Jen, you have two... Well, also, actually, we should go... Before we go to the two documentary picks, Jen, um, why don't we talk about... The Man Who Traveled Nowhere in Time, Ooh. which was my pick. Yes. Which is more like a vignette kind of work. Um, this film I saw at the American Dance Fest American Um Dance Festival Movies by Movers at Home Festival. Ooh. Uh so I watched it on my computer. Uh this got this is done by I'm gonna butcher this. Vincent Rene Lorty. What is it? I thought it was Guillaume.
0: I thought it was Guillaume Lapin who did bleeding and burning, but maybe I'm extremely confused right now.
1: I think that's like the producer. It's the same people though. I think they might have produced it, but this is directed by Vincent René Lorty Um in collaboration with the Montreal Dance Company. And this was a live performance that turned into a uh into a film, which we've talked about like Some of the films that we've picked probably have been staged or studio choreographed works. But this one is totally different. There's more rooms involved instead of one room. (laughs) Um, There's also levels. And when we talk about the staircase, uh, I thought this was a fantastic film. I mean, it had everything that I love. So, like, inventive editing and... Uh, choreo- really dynamic choreography, clean clean cinematography, and mise en scène. Um, the only thing that I wasn't a fan of, which is kind of, I guess, weird because it was a main part of it, which was the spoken word. And I think I'm just not a person that goes for spoken word. What did What did you guys think of it?
2: I agree with you there. I I could have done without the whole exposition. And I'm usually not a f- fan of like films that you know present a whole lot of exposition okay now you know the plot now just enjoy these you know pretty images
1: yeah and I think
2: that like for a film like this you like there's so without that um spoken word like there's so many different you know stories or so many different plot lines that you can gain from what you're seeing on screen but I thought was really I'm really surprised to hear that it was a stage piece that was transferred to screen because it was so like site and area or at least it utilized like this you know the screen world so like so meticulously
1: yeah it kind of reminded me of like of home alone (laughs) and which is also a fantastic film but again it's like these random vignettes in a location also wearing neutral palettes (laughs) Uh, but and but it it. I'm okay with things not making sense, but this one, because of the spoken word, it just made no sense. But I was still like, look at this production. It's amazing. Like, this was like the film side of me where I was like, this was so good. I'm going to send it to my friends.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you sent it, uh, you sent you sent the Vimeo link. And because I saw that it was on um, on Guillaume Marin's channel, I was like, oh, the editing's gonna be great because I remember his film Bleeding and Burning, which you also loved, Hannah.
1: I do and love that it was
0: one of those films that I saw and was like, mm, I love it, but Hannah's gonna love it more. Cause it's like just I I, I you do enjoy when you do see what technology can do and what editing can add by way of like choreography and character. And something that I really like about this film is that <sighs> preface. I don't like when people say dance film's a genre. In fact, that's one of the main things I say, which is, like, it's not a genre. Like, it's a mode of filmmaking. And this feels like it's of the horror genre using dance film or dance cinema or screen dance. And I really enjoyed that part of it because it's like, you know, it it felt like a scary movie, but it was a dance movie. And it wasn't Suspiria and it wasn't Black Swan. And it was from Canada. So obligatory pride mention. Right. (laughs) So. I really enjoyed it, and I also really liked the setting and the and the architecture in the house. That's one of my favorite things about film is, like, the location and, like, what can you do in the location? Um, so, yeah, I, I also quite enjoyed it.
2: And I also want to mention that it does so much in such a short amount of time. Yes. Every cut is, you know, perfectly made. Every, you know, every shot is timed extraordinarily well um and the sound design really adds you know such an interesting quality to the way that you receive this film like i just there's like that one moment where like the you see that duet in the living room and like yes. you see the dancers mouths moving but obviously like you have absolutely no idea what they're saying if they're saying anything at all and sort of like those questions that you pose or the questions that the audience poses like really adds another layer of you know of suspense to the film as well
1: thriller Dance. I think that's something that we—not thriller, Michael Jackson thriller—but like, I like what you said, Jen, about like this could be a horror film, um, in the dance film mode. And I would love to see more of that in the future. Like, I I think be, just because I watched like Knives Out like a week or two <laughs> before I saw this, but it made me think of that, and maybe it was just the house itself. But it's something. I mean, that film was a character and in this film the house was also a huge character because of just how like each room was extremely different as well as like the lighting was extremely different as well as the dancing was extremely different um in each location of one house
0: i mean film studies coming out here i mean that's that, okay i already overhyped it i'm gonna move on anyway. so <laughs> comedies elicit like the physical reaction of laughing um and a a dramatic movie or like certain type of romance elicits the physical reaction of crying and i feel like especially when you're watching a film that has dance in it it might elicit elicit some sort of physical reaction or sensation and i think that like this film and dropout bodies kind of both would go well together whereas there's, there's this sense of like suspense or it's a thriller or you're like, am I next? Even though like you're in the audience, you're not next. Don't worry. Um, Yeah. I, I, I enjoy the, the feel of genre and I think it'd be, it's something I've thought about doing before where it's like, oh, you know, it's not just warehouse dance films. It's like this kind of dance film or this specific sub genre. Um, but this does such a good job, like being just creepy, but not just for the sake of it. Like they're like you said, Claire, like you get so much information in such little amount of time. And that's like, there's a whole art to that as well. It's like, how efficient can we be?
1: (laughs) That's my kind of movie, I'd say. But I'm also in advertising. So I like short and sweet and get to the point. And I would like to advise to all filmmakers out there, go ahead, try it. (laughs) I would say I am pro genre dance films. Yes. Make me happy. I think it's a great way to like, I mean, it's not just, I'm not saying like genre. I I mean, not genre. I'm not saying narrative. I'm just saying like, be experimental with, you know, the genre. Make a sci-fi dance film. I don't know if I've seen it. I mean, I don't think we see so much like, we see a good amount of narrative. We see a good amount of experimental. We see a good amount of music video oh, and so on and so on but i think we need to play around with more you know actually dive into the genre you know why why freaking not yeah kinesthetic empathy yeah. can do a lot and maybe that will get more people involved in watching you know it's just like oh it's a uh it's a western <laughs> you know like it's just interesting it's not very normal in this mode can I get a shirt that says Kinesthetic Empathy will do a lot? <laughs> can we even fit that on a shirt? I love it. Yeah, let's put that on a shirt. Let's sell it. Put it on the Ramsey store. Frameform t shirts.
0: <laughs> kinesthetic <laughs> kinesthetic empathy. empathy can do a lot. <laughs> Claire Schweitzer. <laughs> okay, so Uprooted. Yes, let's talk um, about Uprooted. This, I adore this film. This is a documentary that is premiering July 2020 by the time you listen to this, it would have already premiered because we're in a time capsule right now. Oh,
1: sweet. How do we, <laughs> we, we should put that, we should put that in the link uh, in the show notes. Uh, I really would love to see that.
0: You two have actually seen um, a cut of this film before. Yes. Because um, this film's had quite a life. Um, it's, it's finally come to fruition, which is really exciting. Um, I've met the producer, uh, Lisa Dommal-Reeve, Shout out! She's a great lady. Um, so I I met I met her a few times, and just like I saw this as like a Facebook ad, like we're doing transmissions, roots to branches, a documentary about jazz dance, and I was like, yes, because, and this is a conversation that I think has experienced a resurgence in twenty twenty. Like, let's talk about the actual roots and the actual, um, as the the original title was like the actual branches of different genres of dance. And then this one actually focuses on jazz. I feel like especially with um, with television and with YouTube and with dance competitions and uh, just the way that jazz is taught in, uh, in dance studios on, in a mass way. And this is obviously a huge generalization. There's a lot of great people doing um, really great work in education and, and that are uh, honoring history and, and doing that. But there's also kind of like generic it's sassy jazz or it's just jazz. Um, so I just was so excited that there was a film. It's all about jazz. Yeah. Like this film actually dissects it and has so many great interviews with a lot of huge names. Like um, it, it's mainly, I, I believe they went to Europe, but I think most of the examples are uh, American because jazz dance is, you know, American. Um, but they also went to decidedly jazz dance works in Calgary, which I was super excited about. But yeah, this is another one of those films that had a crowdfunding campaign and people just really got behind it and wanted to see it be made. And it was. And I remember telling Lisa, like, this film would, and she's the producer, uh, directed by Khadifa Wong, by the way. So I was telling uh, Lisa, the producer, I was like, you, there's a whole world of dance film festivals. Like, you should really submit to dance film festivals. So we screened it at both Cascadia and Capitol, just like an excerpt. And audiences loved it. You know, people love learning about the history of things. And it's just done in such a fresh way. And I I can't say enough amazing things about this film. And I'm just really excited that they're going to have their premiere um, with the Dance on Camera Festival, uh, Dance Films Association's festival, because, that you know, they're really—we have—there are so many festivals, but I do think that it, it's kind of the right thing for it to have its— it's feature film premiere with DFA and I'm, I just cannot wait to log on. So yes, that's, that's my spiel about that film. Everyone should see it. I think it's an instant classic.
2: And a spoiler alert. Um, it is the, you know, consensus <laughs> documentary pick of the San Francisco dance film festival committee. And um, I don't, well, okay. This, this podcast will be out in a few months. Um, it will likely be picked for San Francisco dance film festival as well. So hell yeah hell yeah um well first of all i mean being in the san francisco bay area which is such a jazz starved area it was so refreshing seeing like seeing this history and just seeing like the various lineages of of jazz and it was also interesting seeing like the whole bit about the codification of jazz and that to me at least that's how i grew up knowing it like seeing jazz as like a series of like you know like jazz squares and like Sort of like these very, very showy um as a flash attitude, yeah, smile exactly, <laughs> exactly, and um, and just seeing just the you know its origins and how um different like how it differently it manifests from the way that I really envisioned um it doing so it's so yeah, it was really refreshing to see, and um especially you know, after seeing a whole bunch of really long slow con- more contemporary oriented films like having something like this is you know, just such a breath of fresh air yeah
1: i i'm i haven't seen it yet but i just just commenting on the trailer just makes you feel so excited as well as like if you were just like the average watcher of any film it i mean the mo- the average joe is probably going to know about Dan and like you know, what they see on MTV or MTV doesn't even show that kind of stuff anymore, but YouTube and, um, or knowing like, so you think you can dance or, um, what's the show, Jen, that, uh, world of dance, world of dance. Exactly. (laughs) Like what they see on, uh, you know, primetime television. So, I mean, this just definitely screams like excitement and wonder and just actually And also just like knowing the history, especially during uh, this kind of time where people are really trying to preserve like, you know, the history of everything as well as just, you know, erasing history. But, you know, it's it's I think I think it's time to um, I'm not saying that it's never been time, but I'm really glad that something like this is coming out right now.
0: Yeah, it's right on it's on the pulse of of what the masses are asking for and I I think that that's kind of the tough part about making things whether it's like an an event or a film like the audience on the other side and hoping that there's like a demand for it and I think it's really exciting that there's the demand for a film like this and for stories like this and to actually acknowledge the history and there's a need for it. It's one thing if there's interest, there's a need for this. Yeah. People need to understand all of the various, um, flavors of jazz and all the amazing contributions. And just that it's such a celebration of, of collaboration and cultures coming together Mm -hmm. and creating something, um, unique. And I mean, I, I, yeah, I can't wait to see the whole thing, but yes, I feel like it's something that is also necessary just for dance documentaries in general is to not make something about uh, something so niche but sometimes broad is is a huge undertaking but oh, it's, it's yeah. necessary and I just see this being a, cl- a classic going forward like that we'll, we point future generations to and say hey like get educated go watch this film go watch Uprooted and understand you know what, you, what you're interested in here um, or what you're training in or you know understand who these different people are so yeah.
1: I hope a film like this like goes to a streaming service not just like I know it's premiering at DFA which is like a huge opportunity and such like you know that's kind of like the checklist for the for dance filmmaker to be like oh I went to DFA or I premiered my work there but like I hope it goes to somewhere like Netflix or Hulu or you know, just so more people can watch it and um, and not just see it in the theater, because honestly, like the bro- like you just said, the broader, the better. And it gets more people involved and more interested and just knowing what is out there and what the history of it is.
0: Mm-hmm. I think people will uh, I think this will go on a platform like a Netflix and it will be popular um, in the dance community. I'm just excited to see this film continue to have a life and um yeah for sure i hope we can stream it soon okay should i transition to the last pick
2: please yeah. transition okay.
0: so um my final pick is also well not also there are some films that we have picked that are a little bit older on these lists but this is our first time doing this and i was like if there's ever a time to reach back to the past and and pick a film this is going to be the episode to do it. So, um, my pick is the making of Welcome Home. So, uh, I don't even remember. I don't even remember where I saw. It. I think I might have seen it on Screen Dance Collective first. Um, so, shout Hannah out. has curated. Shout out! Hannah has curated an archive. I, uh, I'm sure that it'll come up more in the in the season. But yeah, sometimes things come out that are, like, commercials or music videos. And, like, I'm not cool. Like, I don't always see things right when they come out. But I have cool friends. And the friends, <laughs> they share them. So this was one of those things that I think I first saw it on Screen Dance Collective. But then I saw it, like, everywhere yeah. for a while. And I was totally fine with it. Um, so it was the Apple HomePod ad from December 2019? 2018. No, 2018. 2018. Um, It features twigs, um, choreography by Ryan Heffington, directed by Spike Jones. So already you have like these big names collaborating and it it totally delivers. Like sometimes you have big names and there's all this hype and then you're like, yeah, but is it going to be actually any good? Um, This was. And I... This delivered. Yeah. My pick for this is not just the commercial itself, but there's actually a documentary... Um, available on YouTube and Vimeo called Making of Welcome Home and I just love how it shows how they achieved a lot of the cool effects and and things that you see. um you see like miniatures of the set and the sets moving and something I really enjoyed and like one of my main takeaways was that there wasn't a ton of CGI like a lot of times when you see something visually impressive, you're like, oh, it's probably a lot of CGI and a lot of money but um I think there was a lot of money on this because it's an Apple commercial but there the actual set moved and like had um you know hydraulic pieces to it and you know the choreography of the the crew like pulling the couch into the shot at the right time um i just really enjoyed peeling back those layers of the magic like the first time you watch it it's so it's so captivating and then being able to peel back those layers and be like okay so how does this actually work you can do that with this film which is really satisfying um so, yes, I enjoy it a lot.
1: Even with this film, I mean, it's like the doc, the making of it is as magical as the video itself. Um, I mean, it's just so cool how a whole production comes together and it's not just like like everyone's dancing. You know, you first see Spike Jones dancing and then you see Twig's dancing and then you see the people moving uh, moving the walls dancing and the moving the couches dancing. I mean, it comes all together as like one choreographer choreography hit, you know, and I think that's just
2: as magical as the video itself. Yeah. One of my favorite things was watching Spike Jones direct. Yeah. Just like seeing how physical he was getting and really much, how much on the on FKA Twigs level he was getting as well. And I'm a huge fan of FKA Twigs and um, her music. And I mean, I think that she's an incredible director in her own right as well. And um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Melissa EP blew my mind when I saw that, Um, but she's (laughs) someone who's so maybe even, maybe she doesn't have dancer as like the primary label anymore, but she's so in her body. And, and again, like Ryan is, you know, choreographing her and like playing to her strengths and playing to her impulses is not, you know, trying to impose any kind of notion of like, you know, technical specificity or any, uh, like not trying to slap on something uh, to her and really taking, you know, generating the movement from what she's able to do. Yeah.
0: And I love her movement coach in this too. Like that's, that's something I really enjoy about films is, all the all the players, like all the people that contribute to it, and she has a movement coach, and he's like so funny in this film, and just the way he's working with her. Um, and I there's something about her not primarily being a dancer that I liked about this more. Like at first, I, I, I haven't followed her work in so much detail. No, she's got a very uh, clear vibe and style, and she's very educated and multi talented, and it's just like all around awesome. So I knew that she would probably be pretty great in the video, but I was just super impressed. Like it didn't feel contrived, like even though the the film really is so contrived and, and planned out, like it felt very, um, I just like, I think she did a great job acting and dancing in it. And it felt very, um, felt very genuine. So that definitely adds to the experience of watching it. And especially for this particular ad, the concept is welcome home and the comfort of home and music and, um, I just think this this film hits, and it was cool to see how they actually work together like at the end of the day, we're all people like it's It's just nice to see these big names in process and working with each other just as normal people as human beings.
1: What's also so great about this like documentary is that it just it emulates the same feeling of the home pod commercial itself I mean <laughs> the way it just enters in when we see spike jones directing is the same kind of feeling of like how we're watching and i love like those smash cuts of like what the video looks like and how he's directing it i think that's a great way of like just how i mean it's a commercial but it's also a music video so it's like how to direct a music video you know you got to get that same rhythm you got to have that same emotion you have to have that same feeling and it really delivers um through just like the education of how this was all done. And
0: like his dancing is not great, but he's trying because he's trying to communicate. And I think that's such an important thing for people to see is like to take those risks and try and communicate, you know, just because you're on the dance side and you understand the film side or vice versa, like just try, like being open to looking awkward or saying the wrong thing um, is an important part of collaboration. And I think that seeing these huge names doing that and just being awkward and not dancing well or being uncertain about things um i think we need to see more of that cuz we see so much great stuff in the highlights we need to see more of the the process and the fact that mistakes are part of it
2: <laughs> yeah some of the, like the worst dance films i see are ones where clearly the director is like okay um i don't i don't know dance dancer you're right there just do some moves <laughs> and you know we'll just you know <laughs> basically do a super cut of the prettiest things you did. But here, like there's a real true sense of collaboration and people who are just kind of stepping into different streams that they're not familiar with. And that was that was great to see. Yeah. I mean, Spike Jones, I mean, his background,
1: I I think he started in music videos and he's done like music videos that are dance oriented. So it's really nice to see like him at an older age like still continuing that um in his portfolio i mean with like um what else what else has he done oh, the Ken- oh. did that kenzo ad yeah he did the kenzo, kenzo ad, ad. <laughs> yeah exactly i mean it's just so fantastic and again it's like crossing commercial well-known brands with dance and music and again i hope to see more of that out there in the future I mean, pro- I know not now, but like, you know, we still got next year. We still got next year and years <laughs> to come.
0: Yeah, I, I love how you're saying like just seeing dance. And I'm one of those people that's kind of picky. Like for me, I don't know. It's not enough just to, and I'm, I'm privileged you're saying this. I know it's not enough just to see dance for the sake of dance. Like we're at a point where it's like, OK, we can do better. We can have dance that's like really interesting choreography or we can we can say something that means more. Like it's not enough just to have people dancing, doing whatever. Um, and this is a situation where I'm like, heck yeah, like it's great to see dance in a, in a Apple ad. Like it makes sense. It's music based. Um, and just the fact that it was, you know, a, a, a character that was developed and like had some really great moves and just, yeah, I think it was, a great example of doing something commercial that wasn't um, exploitative and wasn't lazy. Uh, it was just really well done.
2: Yes. Kinesthetic empathy can do a lot. Put it on a t shirt. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Rixie, put it on a t shirt.
0: Uh, I just can't wait for our other awkward quotes to emerge. Yes. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's the first one.
1: That's the first of many well, we'll keep a tally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, do we have anything else to add? I don't think so. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. Happy Happy, New Year.
0: Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Happy anniversary, Mark. I love you.
1: (laughs) Hey, it's been an awesome season of work. Um, I know we're probably a you know, do a, another tagline to this. So to our future selves, I, I hope you've learned a lot and uh, you're great, you know, just remember that. You made it.
2: Congratulations. Quarantine is over slash almost over slash halfway over. <laughs> Maybe not over.
0: Don't tune out yet. We've got some exciting final announcements. Project Home Dance is launching Home Screen, an online dance film festival, January 8th and 9th. Go to www.projecthome.art and follow them at Project Home Art on social to learn more. Want to share your work or get involved with Dance Cinema's festivals? It's never too late. Film submissions are open on a rolling basis, and we're always open to new contributors for our screenings, talks, and workshops. Submit at filmfreeway.com slash dancecinema online and see the link in the show notes. Last but not least, we'd love to hear from our Frameform listeners. Send us an email at frameformpodcast at gmail.com and engage with us on social at Frameform Pod. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe, review, and share. Thanks for listening.
1: Frameform is a production of Rixie, Hosted by me, Hannah Weber, Claire Schweitzer, and Jen Wright, edited and mixed by myself and Mason Carleton. Thanks for listening.